got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. On this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to take a look at the Eastern Washington game. And instead of breaking it down position by position, I'm going to go through and just say some of the great takeaways we saw. Obviously, it wasn't too much of a competitive game. Finishing up 52-17 Gators win. And of course, that's what we wanted to see was the Gators under Billy Napier handling one of these overmatched teams. That's something that we've not necessarily seen too much throughout the years. Two examples of recent years against FCS teams, or two games as examples. In 2019, we played both UT Martin and we played against Towson. Now, the final scores make it look a little bit different, but at the half, it was 17-0. We scored you know, a lot of points late in the game to kind of make them more of a runaway, where at in this game, we're up 35-3 to at the break, which meant we're going to see a lot more young players a lot earlier, and that's definitely one of the positives to come out of this game. Looking at the offense, um, obviously first looking at Anthony Richardson's game, threw for 80%. He threw a pick on a ball he threw late. If he threw it earlier, it's probably a big gain or a touchdown as Henderson was beyond the defense. However, it is on him not to delay and deliver that pass and anticipate him being open rather than waiting till he is because further down the field, you're not going to lead the receiver. You're going to have it come up short, which is what happened. And of course, he had the underneath routes or not necessarily an underneath route, but he had routes that weren't as deep that were wide open. He could have hit such as Justin Shorter cutting across the middle of the field. But with that said, 80%. 240 yards on eight completions. That is not bad at all. Had the great throw to shorter to really kick off a great day on offense. One thing I can say about Florida's defense, although not great, is that Florida's offense did them no favors early, although we like to see the multiple one-play drives we saw in the first half. It allowed there to be some ridiculous amount of time of possession. I think it was over 20 minutes in the first half by Eastern Washington. Some of that is our defense not getting off the field. Some of that is also when your offense is so successful and having one play for 75 yards and a touchdown on a Richardson pass or a one play 76-yard run by Pearsall for a touchdown in the first half. Those are things that are going to impact the defense's uh, ability. With that said, going from Richardson to Kitna. Kitna, I thought, looked good, completing 8 of 12 passes, which is 66%. I believe he had a uh, QBR in the 90s, according to ESPN. Threw some really great balls. Of course, that pass to Douglas for the touchdown was incredible. If you've not seen it, go look it up. Definitely shows signs that he can handle the pass. Now, how would he do it against a tougher defense? I don't know, but part of that you got to ask is what talent would he also be working with if he had to come in off the bench as the backup if Richardson did stay hurt? And 
So it's easy to say, well, it was Eastern Washington. And though I do agree with that to a point, accuracy doesn't matter if it's Eastern Washington, whether it's air or whether it is Alabama, Georgia. If you're throwing the ball on time and putting it where your receiver can get it, you're throwing the ball on time. Being on time is either there or it's not. Accuracy is there or it's not. Part of that is reading the defenses and stuff, and that's something we'd have to learn, but we'd also have some of our more creative plays, a little less of, I would say, the more vanilla scheme that we saw. Granted, we did see a few different type of plays, such as the Pearsall run, but also another point to Kitna is he would have the first-team offensive line, he would have the first-team receivers, and the first-team running backs around him as well. Moving on from Kitna, so I guess we are going to do a little bit by position by position. Maybe that just will help me organize this a little better. But moving to our backfield, overall, I thought the backfield looked good. I did enjoy seeing Lingard getting in, get some carries. He looked impressive for what he was in. Now, some of that, was that because he's going against some of the backups for Eastern Washington? Yeah, possibly, but he also showed some great vision. Just like with accuracy, vision is another thing. It's there, it's not. Are you seeing the holes and making the cuts where you should? So, yes, there are probably bigger holes than there would be, a little bit slower on the pursuit than there would be, but he took advantage of what was there, saw it, and made some great runs, including his touchdown run. And then moving to the tight ends, Zipper was decent. Also, it was good to see Odom out there. It was good to see McDowell out there. And it was good to see Elksness out there. And I know Elksness and Odom got in in the first half some. I looked over and I saw them coming in. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then McDowell, of course, drew a pass interference on a pass from Kitna later on in the game. There was a lot I was excited to see about the offensive line. One note that I had tweeted out on the uh, Twitter page for the show is that Michael Tarquin was walking around without a walking boot on. I believe it was the USF game where I tweeted out at the Gator walk, he had a boot on seeing him walk around the sidelines without a boot on is definitely a good sign that he might be coming back. Austin Barber has been overall solid in his stay. Tarquin's just that little bit of an upgrade that I would love to have back on the offensive line. So, Possibly good things coming up against Mizzou, or at least maybe coming up through the bye week and into the Georgia game. I didn't really notice too much of Osiris Torrance in the game. I did notice a lot of Richie Leonard in the game playing various positions of guard. I saw him play some center. I do like that we're seeing a lot of the flexibility that he brings to the offensive line in various positions. Another guy I'd like to shout out who we saw that from was Josh Braun. I saw him playing some guard, saw him playing some tackle. He's a guy many expected to compete for a starting job. Didn't quite get it, but it's good to see him and his versatility being shown off that if we happen to have another injury, there's spots he can step in and hopefully we will not miss a beat. He is one of our big guys that I would love to see get in as well. He's one of the bigger linemen that we have. Speaking of big linemen, good to see Cameron Waits get some time. I saw a little bit of Herman come in, get some time. Of course, the most noticeable play for me that I saw from Herman was the blocked field goal. He got on to the field late, 
on that left side. I don't know if it was him or not that allowed the guy who came in, came in and blocked the field goal, but I happened to see him come in. And I'm like, oh, that's that's Herman, another one of our massive six eight three seventy three eighty uh, tackles. So good to see those guys come in, get lots of snaps. Of course, other guys coming in, slaughter and various others. I don't think that I've touched up on the receivers. It was good to see Shorter, of course, get the 75-yard touchdown pass. Good to see Henderson get a touchdown reception. Good to see Pearsall and Whittemore make some nice grabs. But one person that really stuck out to me is seeing Dejon Reynolds come and get some chances, especially since I pointed out a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago that we saw Reynolds early on in the Utah game make a nice play, and then he dropped a screen, and we've not seen much of him since. So seeing him come in and get, I believe it was a 51-yard reception. I could be wrong on that, but he did have two very big uh, receptions for us and showed that he has the potential to be a playmaker in this offense, which is good stuff for we've been looking for. Khalil Jackson did look pretty good. Of course, Caleb Douglas, as we talked about, with the nice catch from that excellent pass from Kitna uh, for the touchdown. So good things showing the depth. One thing with this offense, and I'll say the same thing with the defense, is we got to keep in mind, though, this is Eastern Washington. They are a quality FCS program, but it's also an FCS program. And the reason why I temper some of that as much as I want to be celebratory, I've seen overreactions from this fan base from overmatched opponents for years. I mean, heck, I remember after the Eastern Kentucky game in 2014, the callers into Steve Russell after the game, maybe we made a mistake firing Muschamp. Well, no, it was Eastern Kentucky. And then after the UAB game in 2017, well, maybe Randy Shannon could be our coach. Again, I've seen these overreactions, so I'm going to just temper my expectations. There are things you can take from. It's good to see the young guys getting reps. It is good to see things such as the accuracy, the leading receivers on Kitna. It's good to see things like the vision from Lingard, the things that don't necessarily change per your competition. But at the same time, there are things that could end up being overreactions And I'm trying to temper to that. Not saying that any of these performances are misnomers about how good a player of. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, I have seen on Twitter some people saying, well, it looks like all these backups should actually be starting. And maybe some some of them should. And maybe some is, well, you're playing backups against backups from an FCS opponent. Obviously, the depth is not quite the same. But I digress. Again, I only say this to make sure everyone tempers expectations based off of one game against an FCS opponent. Before moving to the defensive side of the ball, I do want to say two things I saw on third downs that kind of annoyed me, or a third down and a fourth down, and this is something we've not seen too much from Billy Napier, but I'm hoping this isn't a trend because it's actually something we did a lot under Jim McElwain. Um, and that's we had a third down where we ended up kicking the field goal, uh, the one that we made. And then we had a fourth down we didn't convert later on in the game. And that's running routes with our uh, on these third and short, fourth and shorts. 
running routes that are short of the line of gain. In the Jim McElwain era, we basically had two third down plays. It was either we're going to run a toss or we're going to run a pass with all the routes short of a line of gain and hoping someone makes someone miss and they get past the line of gain. Both of these plays were into the flat to the running backs who were about a yard or two short. Both times the running backs tried cutting back inside and both times they were caught and stopped short. I don't know if that's something, it's just a matter of, hey, running backs realize the situation, get past the line of gain as you're making your break or what that is. And for all I know, I'm overreacting to that. But since it's something I saw that is coaching and something that can be cleaned up, again, we've not seen it much this year. It's one thing I want to point out, but overall, very solid uh, game from this offense. Lots of things that we saw that could work, put things on film that we may or may not see again, but at least it's one more thing that opposing defenses now have to take note of, now have to game plan and scheme for to try and stop this offense because I do believe that when we have the Anthony Richardson that showed up against Tennessee and then comes in and builds on that performance and what he can against Eastern Washington, that it makes this a potentially uh, very hard to stop offense because if you got if you have to now start accounting for the pass, well then that's going to reopen up some of these running lanes for the ETNs for you know Montreal Johnson and Naquan Wright. And also with Richardson running the ball more, it's going to open up some space for him to run or scramble and stuff like that as well. Let's go ahead and move on to the defense. And on the defensive side, I do think that there's a lot of good, definitely some bad. Now, a lot of the bad I don't necessarily think was personnel issues. The defensive line, I believe, was overall solid. There are times where there are a few questionable things. but. With the amount of uh, youth that we saw playing, definitely Chris McClellan got a lot of time in this game, got a lot of snaps. Of course, Desmond Watson continues to improve. Gervon Dexter does some good things. Tyreek Sapp has done some good things. So it was good to see guys like that rotating Justice Boone, getting more time and experience things that will pay dividends as we move forward, not just this season, but in the Billy Napier era. On the linebacking side, I do have to give Amari Bernie some credit. He does get a lot of slack, and I can't say that that's not unearned according to what we see on film most of the time. There was one play where it was his sack where he did not bite on the fake toss, played out in the flat, which was his coverage, stayed home, and then when there was no one out in the flat, attacked and the quarterback made that sack so good for him overall solid day for him i think he did give up a pass early but things happen um it was good to see a little bit of wingo it was definitely good for shamar and scooby to get more time um so yeah linebackers overall i thought they're fine a lot of them the younger guys did play like they were younger guys, but that's why these games are good. Let them get some of those mistakes now, so maybe they learn from one or two of them as we go forward against Mizzou and LSU and the rest of the season. For the cornerbacks, I didn't think they did too terrible. One thing I noticed is, again, 
we were playing more soft, more off, and Eastern Washington has seen that on tape. One of their first completions, I believe, was a just quick out route where while we were off five, eight yards, quick out route, completion, continue on. But again, good to see lots of reps for young guys like a Devin Moore. It's good to see Jaden Hill back. He definitely looked rusty. I missed a tackler early on that could have helped shut down the drive. But you expect that from a guy who's not played for two years. So it's definitely good to see him back, coming back from injury. He's only going to get back into form and get better. Jalen Kimber, I don't recall seeing him too much out there, but if he's got that wrist injury, I don't want to see him too, too, too much in action if we don't have to against a, an opponent like Eastern Washington. One thing I thought was kind of cool, I've not noticed us doing this too much in the season, at least up until this point, is what we've been doing, just to describe the change, but to start off with what we've been doing is if we have one cornerback playing on either side of the formation, they don't move, they'll just come in close. If the other team doesn't really have a wide receiver, let's say on the left side of the formation, then the corner has just come in and just stayed on that side of the formation, but in close to the line. What we did some against Eastern Washington, whether we'll do it going forward or if it's just something we're putting on tape to try and make opposing offenses game plan that much more, is they were coming across the offensive line and were lining up against the inside man when we'd see three receivers on that side and things like that. I noticed it a few times sitting in the stands and I was like, well, that's different, but that's a good kind of different. Nickelbacks. I really like seeing a lot of Miguel Mitchell. I did tweet out, I believe he was out playing the starter. I had one moment where I talked about how great Jadarius Perkins was playing. And then the next play, he misses a tackle and allows a first down. But overall, he's played real well. And Trevez Johnson did not play too bad himself. It was good to see guys like Kamar Wilcoxon come in and get time at that. And I know it's almost a broken record with this review because it's, I'm just naming off all these guys. I heard that we played over 80 different players, which is phenomenal. But again, it's nice seeing these young guys specifically coming in, playing well, and even when they don't play well, having chances to learn, have stuff on film so the coaches can say things like, hey, and, and I'm going to pick on Kamari Wilson real quick and Derek Wingo because they're the two players on Eastern Washington's last touchdown that seemed to take bad angles in the middle. I don't know how the quarterback had so much room to run up the middle and runs for a touchdown, but Wilson comes downhill, takes a bad angle, and the guy passes him. Those are things I expect from a true freshman like him, but those are things I expect him to learn from and do better with. Same thing, Wingo, young guy, expect him to do better at the linebacker position. And for all I know, I'm going to see Gator Nation football podcast, see their defensive breakdown. It's going to be someone completely different, but both had an opportunity to make a stop at least within the first 10, 15 yards. Made a miss. And I only highlight that just to say those are things that can get fixed, can get cleaned up because they're young guys. And sometimes you have to make mistakes to learn how to do it better. And I'd rather them be making the mistakes in 
this game. And speaking of the safeties, again, Kamari Wilson gets the start. Actually plays most of the entire game, as I just talked about. You know, he was in for their last touchdown, which was late in that fourth quarter. There are things I would like to see better, but again, some of this may be just a vanilla defensive scheme. We didn't do too much pressing, and there wasn't too many deep shots taken by Eastern Washington. One time they did complete one. I was really impressed, and this is something I can say good about Kamari Wilson is, yes, they did complete the pass, but he came up and popped the guy almost immediately upon the catch. Very rarely have we seen recently our guys coming downhill and delivering the boom. So that was definitely a breath of fresh air in watching Kamari Wilson do that. Granted, we want it to be a little bit earlier. Maybe if it's a little bit earlier, he's not laying the boom. He's catching the ball and taking it the other way. Again, things to build and grow off of. But it's good to see at least these good signs with these young guys. Rashad Torrance played well. Corey Collier got in the game. At first, I had to figure out who number 20 was. And I was like, oh, yep, that's Corey Collier. He made one or two big hits that I saw. So all these young guys, and that's what we wanted to see from the Eastern Washington game. Right before the game, I tweeted out uh, four things I wanted to see. The first one was 50-plus points. We accomplished that. The second was good assignment football, no busted coverages. I don't believe we could say that there was a coverage busted. Uh, So that's definitely good. Probably had one or two missing assignments there, but overall... Not the worst thing that we've seen. Again, playing a little bit vanilla. So, is what it is. But we did see some young guys come in, make some nice plays, such as Miguel Mitchell coming in, forcing that fumble, which was recovered. And then the third thing I said is I'd like to see the backups playing by the third quarter. We had some backups rotating in and out that wouldn't be usually in the game in the second quarter. So, that was good to see. And then no injuries. I don't believe we had too many. I'd like to know what happened with Dewan Black. But overall, at least as far as the starters go, we didn't seem to have any major injuries from the game. Overall, a nice day to watch the Gators play on a Sunday. Very rare opportunity. I will say this. I was only expecting about 20,000 in attendance. It was definitely higher than that. I didn't look to see the official number before doing this uh, podcast, but I will say this, it seemed to be at least 40-45 considering all the circumstances with the hurricane, it being on a Sunday, and everyone having to work the next day. I was really impressed with the group that came out. The students showed out pretty well. I mean, compared to how they've shown out the rest of the season, not quite as well. However, I would expect that because of everything going on with the hurricane. Probably plenty of them have family members that have been impacted by Hurricane Ian and or possibly their own family homes. Our thoughts are definitely with everyone that was impacted by Hurricane Ian over the last week. Uh, Luckily, I have not had anyone in my life impacted, but I know there are listeners who have. Definitely uh, thoughts are with you guys. We'll be back on Thursday with a Missouri preview and probably a little bit of a Q&A. I do have a good question that I probably will not be answering until the bye week. 
just because I think it's a lot longer conversation, um, which is more about my past with the Gators and stuff like that, or what made me a fan, what's uh, kept me a fan, some of my favorite memories, things like that. Um, definitely something to fill in during a bye week situation. So, uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to everyone who's shared this podcast. Please check out the Gator Collective. And especially during this time, if there's a way for you to help anyone impacted by the hurricane, please do so, whether it's reaching out to the Red Cross, whether it's volunteering time, donating food, water, whatever you can. It'd be really appreciated by those people, I am sure. Definitely want to do the Gator good. Let's take this uh, major event and make it uh, something that we can remember as a group of Floridians, as a great moment where we've come together and really helped out our communities. With that said, once again, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, Go Gators!